Thank you for tuning in and listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about Festival of the Lost. Went through and described it. Say it's a nice change to see new gear and a new activity added, not just like another sort of free cosmetic grind. Uh, although, obviously, the cosmetics are in there. But good to see them adding more than just that and also kind of saying that we don't want to just see more of this. We want to see the return of Faction Rally as well as other live events. Like we know Arms Week is definitely something that's coming that was data mined as part of some of the catalysts. So that is uh, exciting as well. Uh, and we want to see more activities like that. If you're listening to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, hopefully the audio is a little bit better for you. We were having some issues with the mic that I believe I have completely resolved at this point. Uh, and if you're watching in those environments, you can always tune in live to twitch.tv slash rage or follow me on Twitter at rage. And if you're here right now, you can submit questions with the question command. And that enables you to ask questions. It doesn't have to be about Festival of the Lost. It just has to be about Destiny 2. So let's go with the first question. And it is from DX Vader. What's your top three nightfalls and how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I think this nightfall is really stressful uh, to run, actually. <laughs> we're doing the Corrupted Strike. And we're trying to run it uh, really, really fast. Because we're going for the Pulse Rifle that can drop. I found the Warden of Nothing to be a really, really fast and easy uh, speedrun, and you can run that for the Warden's Law. Um, and the Shriekers, I think, are especially stupid in this. I think their auto-aim and their their ability to melt you as I just got melted, I think is stupid. I think it's an over-realized uh, damage output from a, um, an enemy type that's, I don't know, just not that, not shouldn't be that menacing. So there are elements of this strike that I think is really dumb. Uh, personally, if you're going to burn down Nightfalls, uh, if you're going for just speed, Arms Dealer's pretty good. Warden of Nothing is pretty good, because we did that a lot uh, today uh, and the day before, and got a decent number of the Warden's Law. We're kind of waiting for a patch on the Warden's Law, though. It shoots two bullets at a time, so it's function, uh, it's function as a gun with its curated loadout and fourth times a charm, or fourth force a charm, or whatever the frick it's called. Uh, as well as triple tap isn't quite working as advantageously as you would want it to um, because the guns the guns a, a unique gun type and it just isn't it isn't actually working uh, in the way that you would want it to so we want to see that update and that patch come uh, soon so that the guns uh, the guns can the gun can be better than it is and then apparently the reload on the pulse rifle that we're grinding for is really, really slow. So I think you really, really want to get the curated loadout on this pulse rifle. The Warden of Nothing is a good one. I like Arms Dealer. It's pretty fast. Uh, I actually have always really liked the Pyramidian. Not necessarily as a Nightfall. I love the theme and the feel of that strike. It feels cool. It looks cool. It kind of reminds me of Vogue. And the boss fight is the only thing I think needs tweaked. I think once you, if you blow his head off and he gets to roam around the room uh, and that happens like early in the fight I don't think he should be immune I think once he leaves those shielded areas, I think he should be damageable to reward uh, damage efficiency and that's just a little just like a tiny that's just like a tiny gripe but I, I love that fight and I love that that strike uh, and then Inverted Spire is probably just one of the best strikes in the game uh, in general, which is why I think they started with it. So, 
Digiwobble says, With Festival of the Lost coming, do you think we will see new vendors and characters being introduced alongside of it? No, I don't think so. I don't think they have a reason to add characters to the game at this point. Usually characters get introduced or brought in in DLC because there's usually like a storyline associated with it. Although there's a name of somebody that's been murdered that I actually didn't recognize the name. I'm not really sure who it was. Um, not really sure. I forget the name. Somebody can put it in chat. Like they put it in the blog post, like the murder mystery that you're trying to solve. I didn't even recognize who it was. So it's somebody that maybe they're an assistant to Zavala or something. Cause it seemed like, uh, he's the reef cryptarch. Oh, it's the reef cryptarch. So the reef cryptarch has died. And that's the murder mystery. So, <laughs> so that's not a new character. I don't think they need to reintroduce, uh, introduce new characters or bring back anybody in particular. So, yeah, I really don't remember that guy. He's not really uh, present in the game a lot. Uh, Manasio Lonostradamus, uh, can we get a prediction uh, about whether or not Bungie smarten up and will not tie Festivalos too heavily to the Eververse? Well, I mean, obviously Eververse is going to be in there because there's cosmetics, right? Like, I, I don't think you're ever going to have a piece of free content that doesn't have the... Uh, the, the it doesn't have the Eververse tied to it in some minor way. Uh, that's not going to really be upsetting for me. I think that's always going to be part of it. Um, you, the, it's free content. You know, you got to it, it, subsidizing it with with some of the Eververse a little bit is fine for me. I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was before. And I don't think we're going to have to feel like, man, the only way for me to get items is to literally buy spend money it's not going to be another festival of the cost i don't have that fear i didn't get that impression i think i think since crimson days they've made significant changes to the live events and the presence of eververse so i don't think this fear is justified we even polished off we even shaved off some time there 709 i think that's our fastest run yet i think they've i think they've shaved enough off uh that we don't really need to worry about it being too prevalent so Wob got uh, a decent role apparently for PvP. Headseeker, Dragonfly, and Flared Magwell. Flared Magwell actually helps out the reload quite a bit, so that's actually not too bad of a role. And I did get the alternate uh, emblem. I'll put that on. That's actually kind of cool. I like how it's like the big spire from the Dreaming City. That's kind of neat. So, uh, next question When does Festival of Loss actually start? Uh, I put that in the talk uh, October the 16th. So this coming reset on Tuesday, and it is going to run for three weeks. Two Switch got one with full auto, flared magwell, and high impact reserves. Eh, that's not very good. Kind of a bummer. That's not very good. I want the curated loadout. I think the curated one is going to be the best. In Flames, do you think Trench Barrel is a problem? I feel like I never use another energy weapon. Yeah, I tweeted about this, and we've been talking about that even today. Uh, we've been talking about that even today that... Trench Barrel and the Ikalos Shotgun is a problem right now in the game. Now, I'm not calling for a nerf because I think the gun is broken. I think the gun needs reined in a little bit to keep it being efficient, but you have to give opportunity for SMGs, snipers, and fusion rifles to rise to its level of efficiency. It's basically like a mini exotic, and I think that that's problematic. Uh, It's... 
rate of fire and potential damage output is unmatched by virtually uh, every energy weapon in the game. And I just, I don't know. I think that's, I just think that's a general problem with diversity of loadouts. There's, there's so many great, I have so many great energy weapons that I would love to use if I could get a shotgun, a kinetic shotgun, or a kinetic fusion rifle, or a kinetic sniper, or a kinetic SMG. If I could get any of those weapons that were worth a crap, then I could run some of the really, really cool energy weapons that I have. Nation of Beasts, Age Old Bond, you know, I got some cool, those two guns with the curated loadout are actually pretty dope uh, from the raid. Uh, I also have some really, really just strong pulses, the uh, right side of wrong. You know, I got some great ones, and they just, they're so not worth using because then you have to put on a kinetic weapon that just feels absolutely and utterly worthless, especially in light of you having to put down the the Ikelos shotgun. Putting that weapon down just always, always feels like such a, like a dampener to your to your damage output like you're just you're doing less damage uh you know just because and i just i don't know i don't think it's necessary i think you can i think you can make it a viable weapon Igalash shotgun can still continue to be a viable weapon but it, it it's it's just king of pve content and i just i worry about i worry about diversity of loadouts being being kind of just never really fully realized because you have one weapon that overrides basically any other loadout you could go with. Um, so. Illicit Jester with three months of subs. Welcome back. That's a blue badge. So I, I, I think Trench Barrel being weakened a little bit and then put on all other shotgun potential rolls would be nice. I think... I think going with... Uh, really really awesome perks on smgs fusion rifles and sniper rifles to make them compete for the lethality of the exhalation protocol because there are certain places and times where you'd be like nah fusion rifles really really good here uh it's just a little bit easier to maybe stay back from the enemy uh and because you know stomp and knockback makes the escalation protocol shotgun a little bit of a frustration sometimes can be frustrating to use and if there were other weapons, SMGs, snipers, fusions, that could potentially unseat it, well, then you could, you know, you could enjoy maybe Gambit or enjoy, you know, other pieces of content and feel like you have other other loadout options that presently you just don't you just don't feel like you have. Um, and so, uh. That that's just one that's just one aspect of escalation protocol shotgun that I feel is pretty significant. Now black armory could help with this, right? So you could add trench barrel to maybe a raid shotgun, uh, and maybe that could be something that that gives you that diverse loadout, like a kinetic shotgun from the black armory raid layer. Uh, we know there are missing weapons from the raid layer. There's no SMG. Uh, there's no shotgun. There's a fusion rifle in the, in the form of a Queen's fusion rifle. And then there's the Queen's sniper rifle. So they could do a kinetic fusion. They could do an energy sniper in the future raid layers. Uh, and they could do, you know, perks on those guns to make them compete. They could do a kinetic shotgun with trench barrel. I think that would be fantastic. 
Uh, they could do a kinetic shotgun with trench barrel on a slug or a slower fire rate that maybe after melees doesn't just give you the damage output, but also gives you increased fire rate, kind of like, you know, an, an evolution of Desperado. These are just some things I think that could change things up and enable people to play with, you know, completely different loadout than what everybody's running right now, which is they tend to get a pulse rifle or a hand cannon. They're looking for outlaw and they're looking for rampage. And then they run escalation protocol shotgun and then whisper sleeper, uh, whisper sleeper tractor cannon or thousand voices tends to be the exotic heavy. So that's another thing they could look at doing. Like where are the exotic weapons that are incentivizing me to put down whisper a thousand voices sleeper or tractor cannon like where are those exotics people talk about the malfeasance being like not really worth using that should never ever be a sentence that can be uttered about an exotic weapon in the primary or the energy slot they should be incredibly strong weapons if you're gonna make you know the powerful exotics really really strong then you gotta do something with the energy you gotta do something with the kinetic exotics to really really bring them up to par and you know maybe we're gonna get that maybe we're gonna get you know some big bumps with black armory apparently black armory is potentially adding a new uh a new weapon type or a new classification type uh that we presently don't have in the game and maybe that'll happen she got her shield back dude are you serious did you see that she got her shield back her health bar was empty her health bar was 100% empty. Oh no, mission complete. So she's alive, but she's not. Look at that. She's alive, but it says mission complete. She's still shooting. The game doesn't know. The game doesn't know what it wants to do. That's hilarious. Next question. Juicy Jake. Hey, Lono, I didn't play much D1. Who's Ava Levante and what's her story? Isn't Ava Levante the first... Um, wasn't she the first person to show up with the Eververse? Uh, not Tess Everest. Ava Levante was... Who was Ava Levante? Five... We got under six minutes. A five minute and 53 second run. Nice. Oh, she was the shader lady. She was the shader lady. I'm so sorry. People listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube are probably like, oh my gosh, what a freaking idiot. Um... Yeah, she was the shader lady. Ava Levante. She's like the older woman with like the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rougarou, uh, Rougarou Boogaloo says, My guardian is going to the festival as the Green Ranger this year. Been working on the costume all year. What's your guardian going as? If you're just asking in general about uh, Halloween, I'm going as Maui and my daughter is going as Moana. And then my son's Batman and my wife's going to be Robin. We're both going to be kind of paired up. Uh, it's really cute to hear my son say or my daughter say that, that we are coordinating. I love when they say the word coordinating. It's really cute. So that, that's what we're doing this year. Uh, will there be a dawning event? Now that I don't know because we're getting the Black Armory in December and we're getting Festival of the Lost in October. They could do a dawning event in November, maybe. Um, I could see them doing that, maybe. Uh, I don't know. The the nature the nature of the live events, I think, are supposed to be like supplementary to the annual pass stuff, like kind of in between. 
Oh, they have showed the dawning? Somebody's saying there will be. Okay. There will be a dawning event. Dawning's been confirmed to launch with the Black Armory. Someone in chat says Smack versus the World saying that. Okay. So we are getting we are getting a dawning event. There you go. So it's gonna coincide with the uh the Black Armory launch date, which I believe people have said is the first week in December. So, Benjamitek says, "Who made Leviathan? Oh, what made Leviathan so bad, in your opinion?" There's a lot that made Leviathan bad. Uh, the gear was not that impressive. Uh, raid engrams undercut a lot of loot incentive because you could basically. Um, you could get loot without playing. Um, that was an amazing throw. You get loot without playing, which I think undercuts loot incentive, uh, which hurts. You know that hurts the that hurts the content. I remember that when I took somebody through their first run, and he was like, "Yes, I got the rocket launcher." And I was like, "Oh wow!" I was like, "Sins of the Past is so good." I was like, "It's one of, you know one of the best rocket launchers in the game." He's like, "Yeah, I already got it from a clanningram." And it was just like a gut punch. It was like, oh, wow. So this was literally a completely wasted effort. There was literally no reason uh, for you to even run this. You already got some of the best gear. So, like, as far as loot incentive goes, uh, loot incentive broke down uh, pretty severely, in my opinion, because the loot wasn't that great. Submachine gun, trash. Auto rifle, decent. Scout, decent. Pulse, pretty good, actually, in Crucible. Really strong in Crucible, honestly. Um, Especially now. Is very, uh, is very magnetic, uh, in the Crucible, uh, and the rocket launcher was good, hand cannon amazing, one of the best hand cannons in the game, but the, you know, the loot was kind of all over the place, and then you could get the loot from not playing, so there were just a handful of things that worked against loot. Now, the other category that made Leviathan, in my opinion, the worst raid in Destiny history, uh, is the experience. The, the fights, the, the the mechanically heavy nature um, was trash. Like, no one wants to run a game show every week with their buds. It, and the, the revive, the revive, okay, so revive tokens, revive wipe timer, and the fights themselves, all of it's bad. All of it is this giant philosophical shift. Uh, all of it is a philosophical shift from the nature of what rage should feel like. It didn't feel like a boss fight. It didn't feel like an epic battle. It didn't feel like we did anything significant. A lot of the times when you cleared an encounter, it just, I don't know, there wasn't much of a celebration. Disagree with that elitist statement wholeheartedly? I never made an elitist statement. I never made an elitist statement. You're summarizing anything I just said incredibly poorly if you think I made an elitist statement. People shouldn't be able to get raid gear without running the raid. That's not elitist. That's literally in harmony with the entire loot-based system in Destiny. If you want Nightfall gear, go run the frickin' Nightfall. If you want this gun that I'm grinding for, you shouldn't be able to get it just by, like, walking in the tower and holding down the X button. That's dumb. It'll always be dumb. That's not elitist. That's literally part and parcel to the Destiny experience to maintain that. Um, so if that's what you're targeting, you could not be any more off the mark in your summation of elitism to say that people should have to run content to get the content, the gear from it. We don't do that with trials. We don't do that with nightfall specific gear. We don't do that with gambit gear. We don't do that with anything else, but for some strange reason, you're just supposed to get free raid gear because you show up to the tower. Like, good for you, you have thumbs in a controller and you can push the A button and the X button. What? Hey, huh? 
why 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 is the raid some special exception you know i don't get it uh two months from street love the stream loading you're willing to have smart honest convo about just about everything you touch on keep up the great work thank you so much street i appreciate that dude one more month of the blue badge thanks for keeping your prime sub here uh what do they do they did that with trials by the way what are you talking about we did do that with trials gear though how how did they let you get trials gear without playing trials you could get trials gear from hawthorne oh okay all right so but but remember i targeted clan ingrams right i targeted clan ingrams so i'm i, I just forgot about trials yeah they did it with trials and that's stupid you literally get trials gear for not running trials that's dumb that's stupid. Like, it's just as stupid as the clan. It's just, I'm sorry, it's just as stupid as the raiding grams. Like, Rick was that. As I've said many, many times, okay, if you run trials, okay, or you run the raid, and then your clan ingram shows up, you should have you should have been able to go buy that clan ingram with tokens from trials or tokens from the raid, right? Yeah, y'all are just proving the point exactly. Like, they, they, you should have to at least engage in the content. You don't have to go flawless. You don't have to beat every single boss. You don't have to beat the argue. Uh, beat. I'm sorry, I read chat. You don't have to beat the raid without dying. Just go. Just go. Play the content a little bit, right? I there's there like it's since Destiny's inception, right? Since Destiny's inception. If you want a piece of gear, you go engage with the content that drops that gear. Fatebringer, Vision of Confluence, Vex Mythoclast, uh, I mean, anything, anything that you could think of, anything that you could think of that we've spent time grinding for, the Imago Loop, the, uh, you know, the, the, the Grasp of Malak, all of these items... All of these items have been items that have a location, a source, and a grind. That's destiny. So it's not elitist to say if you want the Warden's Law or you want the Pulse Rifle that we're grinding for, you should... What? She didn't die? Uh, that's freaking BS. Her health bar was empty. Disagree, Bungie. Your peer-to-peer -peer netcode sucks. Um... So, so there was from the top to the bottom of Leviathan there was problems the loot wasn't that great getting the loot was in some respects silly because of clan ingrams and then the encounters themselves and the revive token and the revive wipe I mean Bungie basically admitted the revive wipe wasn't functioning as it should why they changed it for they changed the entire mechanic for all raids both raid layers Leviathan and Last Wish all function completely differently now with respect to uh, the way that the revive timer works. So they even admitted that 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 part of raiding was not that great. And then the encounters themselves, like every time I get the gauntlet, I want to freaking die. I'm like, this is terrible. The prestige versions of the Leviathan and the raid layers were awful. Has to be some of the least engaged with content in the history of Destiny. It just, it has to be. It has to be. This is going to be bad. Got her. <laughs> no. 
Silent Service. I know you said that Petra's Run was not your cup of tea, but there is a certain title that you're wanting or looking forward to attempting. Not really. I just, I don't really chase stuff like that. I didn't chase the ghosts. Uh, I didn't chase the... I've just never chased any stuff like that. Periodically, I become a completionist. Spider-Man has me being a completionist. Batman, Arkham Knight, uh, two legendaries drop, and neither of them were the gun. Frick. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight, for whatever reason, made me be a completionist. I like 200% of that game. Uh, I did the game plus, and then went and got all the stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. Some games motivate me to be completionist, and other games don't. And... For whatever reason, Destiny has just never motivated me to be like, I'm going to go for the flawless. I'm going to go for this. I'm going to go for that. I want to get the titles. I've never felt that draw. I've just never felt that draw in Destiny. And I don't know why. I just, I haven't. Um, Now, if they introduced a raid NPC and I could grind the frick out of the raid every week for a completion count that unlocked Shader's titles, emblems, etc. That's different to me. That's just a grind that 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 yields a reward. I don't like going into content and saying, "Let's let's get punched in the teeth and have our nuts crushed for the next 5 hours." I no thank you. I don't play Dark Souls for that reason and I just and I didn't like the delta scaling of when they did Prestige Leviathan. I didn't like the curated loadouts. I didn't like how the end game philosophy for Solstice of Heroes, curated loadouts, and Prestige Leviathan, the end game philosophy was, welcome to the end game, you're weak, and that's why things are hard. That to me is an illogical trajectory. Uh, that's an illogical trajectory for a game about power fantasy. To be like, you've grinded for all this great gear, now don't use any of it. Oh, and everything's stronger than you. Because we don't really know why. Like, there's no, there's no, like, lore reason why we would be as strong as we are and get all geared up. And when we get as strong as we are, we get to go into an environment where we feel like a piece of tissue paper. Um, so that kind of content, that kind of, that kind of setup, whether you're going for a flawless run, or you're playing a game like Dark Souls, or maybe you want to go for a speed run, or maybe you want to go for a challenge run, number one, I think that makes for, like, bad content, I'm not saying people that do that are making bad content, my personal opinion is it's bad content Uh, the streamer doesn't talk to chat they don't look at chat, they're constantly having to talk to the people they're playing with, there's a um there's a sliver of, of you know, it's very easily failed. I mean, this is one of the reasons that people didn't like the freaking King's Fall raid, right? They didn't like the King's Fall raid because it was easy for one person to make a mistake, and then that's why you were wiping. Um, I mean, it's kind of a similar, you know, similar situation to running stuff like that. And you're saying there's more titles than just the raid one, sure. And maybe I'll maybe I'll get to the point where I kind of feel like I have the loot that I want. And then I'll go for some of those things. I don't know. Maybe I'll decide to go for some of those things. Instead of feeling, you know... I always have to get to the point where I'm kind of out of things to do before I start really going uh, the distance for some of that stuff. Because I feel like it ends up... 
like when someone was like, hey, Lono, did you know if you go get all the scannables, there's apparently going to be an exotic quest line where you have to get all the scannables. I had zero desire to do that. I just don't think that's entertaining content. I don't enjoy myself doing it. Um, so I've really got to usually hit a, a grind wall where like I feel like I don't have anything left to grind for or chase. And then I'm like, okay, now let's do this just for the sake of doing it. That's just my mentality. I mean, everybody's different, right? There are people that day one are like, I'm going for Luna's Howl. I'm going for Broadsword. I'm going for this title. I'm going for that title. I want to get this speed run. I want to get this flawless run, uh, flawless raider, or, you know, what have you. There are people that are completely motivated 100% differently than me. That's one of the beauties of, of the setup right now in Destiny is I feel like there's just such a good amount of diversity in what you can prize and what you can chase and I think that's a good thing I think when we get to that point you have you have a game that does what I said is really really the big challenge for Destiny people are always like what's going to be the biggest challenge for Destiny 2 and I always said the same thing how do you make the hardcore player feel like there are pursuits worth their time and the casual player feel like they can boot up the game and have a good time like how do you scratch both people's backs like make them feel like they're they're having a good time and i feel like the setup they have now is really really good because luna's howl broadsword not forgotten that's a pretty significant and 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 long investment and challenge for folks that are you know kind of in that pvp realm malfeasance titles you know, resetting Gambit, going for certain guns in Gambit, the raid, the strike, strike-specific loot, uh, just leveling up. There's a really, really great spectrum of weekly activities as well as, like, long endgame pursuits that really, I think, does that thing that I said is so hard to do. And it it meets both ends of the spectrum pretty well. Because right now, I think Destiny 2 is where it needs to be. Destiny 2, when it launched was like this really, really heavily slanted seesaw where they put all the weight on one side. It was like, we're just going to casualify literally everything. And the result, and the result was a game that had just nothing to do in it. I'm sorry, not to, nothing to do, nothing to chase. It was like, what is literally the point of the game? It was just so casualified. And if you go too hardcore... If you go too hardcore, then you run into the opposite problem. You run into this problem of, well, the casual player or the player, not even the casual player. There are hardcore players that just can't play as much as they would like to, right? Maybe they're in college. Maybe they're a working mom or a working dad. Uh, Maybe they just work night shift and they just can't play with their buds like they used to, right? But they love Destiny and they want to put in as many hours as possible each week. You don't want that player feeling like every effort before them is futile because you've put them in a hamster wheel in order to satisfy the hardcore player, right? I feel like they've done that really, really good job of saying, if you want these really, really rare and elusive items or titles, here's the grind to get that, right? And then if you're like, nah, I don't really care about that stuff. I'm a more casual player. There's still tons for you to do and pursue. Like a casual player that maybe, you know, and again, casual maybe in their, uh, casual in their 
their engagement, not casual in their care. Maybe, maybe they're, again, they're not necessarily only playing a couple hours a week because they don't like the game, but they're casual in their engagement. And the reason that they're casual in their engagement is because they just don't have the time to play. Well, there is so much for them to do. They might look at what I'm doing and say, no, thank you. This just sounds incredibly stupid. Like you're literally, you're literally just running nightfall after nightfall for what, you know, for what purpose? Um, and I might be like, dude, this gun's awesome. It's cool. It'll be a rare trophy. You know, it'll have a great roll on it. It'll be, you know, curated loadout. Uh, and then the guy that only has like a couple hours might be like, that sounds incredibly stupid. I'm not going to do it. Or they might just run the Nightfall for the 100k, right? They might run the Nightfall for the 100k and get the weapon. And they're like, yo, dope. It ain't a curated roll, but man, it's a cool weapon, you know? Uh, that's why random rolls, I think, was so important to bring back to the game. Because random rolls creates that spectrum of care uh, for people. Where it's like, I either care a little, a lot, or not at all. And then you can engage at your care level, Right? you you care a lot and you want the best roll you care a little and you grind for you know a little bit you don't care at all like you literally don't even go for the weapon um i think that's kind of where you want the game to be and random rolls just on its own does that uh how do you feel about the array of weapons uh coming back to destiny 2 uh i think what you mean is like like the exotics and stuff that are coming back um I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, obviously, there are some people that feel like, why'd you blow all of our gear up if you're just going to slowly give it back to us? I always think that that argument is, I mean, almost like willfully juvenile. We all understand why they blew up the armory uh, or the tower. Uh, we all understand like how that functioned as a reset for the game. I, if you don't, then I, like I said, I, I, I just feel like you're being like willfully juvenile. You're like, you're intentionally making what is, what, what is tantamount to just a bad argument. Like, well, they blew up the tower and now they're just giving us all our loot back. Number one, that's not true. Number two, we're, we're not just getting our loot back. By the way, guys that are doing this boss fight with me, can we please clear the ads and then hit her with the ball. The reason that we've had trouble killing her lately is someone's hitting her with the ball while I'm still in the center in my super. So could we please wait until we all get to the right side so we could bake her? We've really established that enough times that I'm getting like a teeny bit annoyed by the fact that someone keeps hitting her with the ball when I'm not on the right side ready to shoot her. Please wait until we're all on the right side to shoot her. We're extending this fight because you're just not paying attention to where your teammates are. Stop hitting her with the ball in the first room until we're all on the right side. Please. Um, so, I don't care about exotics coming back. I think that they're in the lore, they're in the game, they're in the universe. Um, I think it's fine. And they're not bring- it's not like they're bringing back all the legendaries that we farm for, like the Imago loop and stuff. So, uh, how would you like to see Trials in next season? I don't really play Trials. Uh, I don't really play Trials, but I think that a really, really simple solution to make Trials better is 3v3 elimination, stop with all these other freaking game modes, and, uh, bring back Mercy. Bring back the Mercy boon. There's too much crap netcode in this game to not have Mercy. Uh, I just bring back Mercy, go back to 3v3, 
uh, go back to 3v3, and just classic elimination. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Trials worked really, really well as trials. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they're just, they're trying to innovate where innovation's not necessary. Gambit was was a cool and not needed, but a cool innovation point, right? The kind of the the culmination of PvP and PvE and kind of bringing everything together and giving us this cool environment to do something completely new and fresh, right? Like, that wasn't needed, but like it kind of made sense why they did it. And... The, the innovation on trials just really, really felt unneeded. It changed it changed the entire nature of trials. Um, and I don't play trials, but I just feel like 3v3 elimination, there was something simplistically good about it. Sometimes simplicity... Sometimes simplicity is, like, more valuable than complexity because complexity just ends up creating outlier issues you end up with all these things that happen that like maybe you don't foresee maybe you don't know why or maybe you don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen and then you're like you turn around and you're like yeah this really isn't how we envision this happening because uh, personally I think one of the reasons they, they put trials on hold is they knew increasing lethality of weapons with game modes with game modes and with with maps that really favor just lane camping that increased lethality is just going to make for a very, very frustrating endeavor. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons they put it on hold. Because right now, already, if you play some of those game modes or you play some of those maps that really, really favor just, like, holding hands and lane camping, it's infuriating to play against teams that do that. And I think they know Trial sets the meta. Right? Trial sets the meta. So you suddenly raise lethality on weapons, everybody's using pulses, and you're playing countdown, and this lane camping strategy of like just looking down, 2v2, right? Two people shooting you with the pulse, instantly dead. So whoever asserts the lane first has all the advantage. You just are gonna, like, fly to the choke point, fly to the lane, and whoever asserts the lane has all the advantage. Because you enter the lane and two pulses just blip, blip, you're dead. If two people rip off two quick bursts with their go figure or their bygones, you're done. You cannot survive. You cannot leave the lane fast enough to survive that. And I think they just knew that's what Trials was going to become, especially when Countdown or even Survival uh, was the game mode. Because Survival, a lot of the times, really, really favors just sort of taking over an area and just staring at lanes because... You're doing what? You're doing survival. You're just trying to stay alive. So, 3v3 elimination and bring back the mercy boon is where I really feel like they need to just take trials back to the basics. Uh, Jake of Geico, do you think there will be any hidden hints or Easter eggs in cool in Festival of the Lost for Black Armory? I have no reason to make a prediction about this. Uh, Pro Mash, what do you think of removing guided games from Leviathan? Why? Why would you? Why would you do that? What's the benefit? Uh, is it hurting anybody? Probably not. Uh, is it not being used? Maybe. Um, if it's not being used and being ignored, I mean, I guess removing it would would be a would. What would be the reason? Because if there are people that periodically do use it or use it to meet people to play with, 
you're just taking that away from them why if you're not using it or you don't think it's a solution then just ignore it and that kind of de facto is them quote unquote taking it out of the game now should they institute like a more traditional matchmaking system they could potentially consider doing that uh i do think that um you know matchmaking as a solution doesn't hurt anybody unless you think that people getting exposure to content and having a bad experience is somehow automatically bad and always avoid uh you can have terrible experiences in gambit matchmaking playing with just horrendously bad teams so what should they take matchmaking out of gambit I mean, you can literally have rage-inducing experiences in Gambit with some of the worst players in the world. Like, you don't even understand how they got in there. You're like, how did you wander in here to Gambit? Like, what did you do? Like, who did this? Did somebody boot up the game and then, like, hand you the controller? And you're just kind of sitting there just, like, holding forward? Like, who who are these people that you get paired up with in Gambit? We've all been there, right? But that doesn't mean they take matchmaking out of Gambit. Because you can go in and have a bad experience. So... A more traditional, a more traditional approach to matchmaking uh, in in the raid could lead to frustration, but it could also lead to like, hey, you seem like a pretty intelligent person. Why don't you I add you to my friends list? And then I raided with a guy the other day, and he seemed pretty nice too. And then they slowly just add players to their friends list. Now the biggest pushback a lot of the times is people are like, well, if they don't have mics, well, if they don't have mics, it's going to be so infuriating, right? Like they're. <laughs> There's not really a way to legislate for stupidity. Like, if someone's going to be dumb enough to just boot up matchmaking and not have a mic plugged in, I I don't know. Maybe have a way to kick that person out. If Or maybe you can't even use matchmaking if the game doesn't detect a microphone. Um, now, this might just be too, too difficult uh, to institute. I'm telling you, Shriekers are freaking broken in this game. Shriekers are so stupidly broken as an enemy type. They're so dumb in both Gambit and in this Nightfall. Like, I literally have gone through this area and they, like, nick me. And other times, they literally don't miss aimbot. Like, why is that even a possible thing? Like, can we stop with the Shriekers, please? Um, so, Vote to Kink should be, kick should be implemented. Vote to Kick's dangerous because what do you do with a squad that just, like, immediately does that when they get to the end or something? You can't just, like, automatically give teams the ability uh, to vote to kick because vote to kick is potentially pretty trollish. So you got to be careful with vote to kick. Again, it might be too difficult to do this, but if you have to plug in a microphone and say a series of things, I mean, is voice recognition software that difficult to get your hands on with things like Siri and uh, the Amazon Echo? Like, is it that difficult to implement some voice recognition? In this game, I don't, I don't know. I, d- don't they have voice? They have voice recognition like literally on the Xbox. I don't feel like it's that. Um, I don't feel like it's that difficult to implement something like that. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, and if that's the case, then I guess unfortunately maybe they could never institute something like that. And then you'd have to go with, you'd have to go with the middle ground solution, which, um, though. So. You deny people access if they don't have voice comms. How is that making sense to a console game? I mean, Ed, I really feel like you choose to argue points just for the sake of arguing it. 
Like, are you actually contending that people should be able to matchmake into a raid without a microphone and be the detriment to someone else's experience because why? They they deserve to go into content that literally requires communication, but they should be able to go into raids and ruin the experience of another person because they can't go to GameStop and shell out 20 bucks. They have an Xbox, a video game, an internet connection, and Xbox Live, but they just can't scrape together the money to buy a headphone from GameStop. Like, what are you even arguing, man? You see what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like some of you, and I love you because discussion's fun, but I feel like some of you just are like, I'm going to die on a hill that's not worth dying on. There's no reason to argue that people should be having access to raid matchmaking without comms. The consoles come with headsets. Yeah, but people have dogs and children and other such things that, you know, break the headset. You know, it happens. It happens. But, like, you you can't run any of the raids in, like, the history of Destiny. Oh, well, there's been deaf people that have used emotes. Awesome, man. That's amazing that they've done that. When I boot up on a Friday night, is that something that I want to do? Is, is, is that, it, like, suddenly just have somebody on my team who literally can't say anything? Why? Why is their lack of a headset suddenly my responsibility to be, like, extra charitable? Oh, can't get this thing to drop at all. I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that that's a, that's a pretty fair expectation that if I'm going to boot up and run a raid via matchmaking, that the people that are allowed access to the matchmaking have to have a microphone, right? Look, I've made similar statements about people with garbage internet, right? If your internet is literally like two two tin cans like with a, with a string run together and you're skipping around and freezing and messing up and all these different things like you're almost un, you're almost unkillable, like your existence in the game is a detriment to my experience and makes my experience worse. Like you shouldn't be able to play. You know what I mean? That people diver- deserve to play games too. Right, but your life's hindrance is not my responsibility, okay? If you don't own a microphone, if you are deaf, if you only have one arm, if whatever the case may be, whatever cards you've been dealt in life, that's not my responsibility. It just isn't. All the way from the extreme to the non-extreme. You can't pay your bills to the to the paraplegic. Like, all the way. Any hardship that you can experience in life is not the responsibility of somebody else. Especially when it comes to entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine going into a movie theater and saying, I am hearing impaired, right? I struggle to hear. I'm going to need you to double the volume of this movie so that I can hear. And then everybody else's experience is terrible because it's so loud, it's harmful to their hearing. Your life's struggle is not to be shared by and the responsibility of everyone else. Now, that doesn't mean that people don't step up to the plate to help. That doesn't mean that charities don't exist. That doesn't mean that nonprofits don't exist. Like, the, like man helping man is 
common to our human existence, right? But automatically taking your hardship and just forcing it onto other people is ludicrous. It's just, it's just ludicrous. Like, I'm deaf, I can't communicate or hear or speak, and I'm going to use matchmaking, and it's your responsibility to help me. Like, you have to deal with my hardship. Why? You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be rude or uncharitable. Like, I just, I, I think, heck, you only have to throw it twice. Um, I'm not trying to be rude or uncharitable. I just think it's a, it's a, it's a dangerous precedent to set to be like, your whatever cards you're dealt, everybody else in life like has to help you with that. Um, I don't know. I think that's just a dangerous precedent to set. So, uh, roll your d twenty says streaming related question. When it comes to being a streamer and getting yourself out there, do you feel there's a luck factor? Oh, there's an enormous luck factor. There's an there's an there's an enormous luck factor. Because of the nature of exposure and being seen is not something that you have control over. There's just, like, and I've said this so many times, there's just algorithmic realities that you have zero control over that limit your ability uh, to be seen, you know? They just limit your ability to be seen. And someone in chat said empathy so much empathy. Like, you just, you don't know who you're talking to. Like, I've helped with charity drives. We helped pay an old man in a daughter's way to Disney and Guardian Con and my wife and I handled all those details and I helped more people through raids than you've probably even run raids and I I just don't think you can ever argue that your hardship is is and should be forced on other people I just don't think you can ever argue that that, that argument breaks down as soon as you go into any other form of leisure or entertainment and it just ends up looking very entitled and silly so Enviro do you feel like mod components are an issue? We briefly talked about this earlier, but there's no real way to obtain mod components. Uh, and with mods costing 10 components, I feel it'll be a masterwork core issue 2.0. Should Bungie address this while they're addressing cores? Yeah, mod components needs address. I know Triple tweeted about this uh, a while ago, um, and it certainly, it certainly is uh, another issue of over, uh, over overextending requirements on people like hey you've got to have this to buy this okay cool and then not giving players a way to get it you know what I'm saying it'd be like saying you need planetary materials uh, for master working because like master working is like an end game piece of mastery right like you're, you're capstoning your gear um so that, I think, would be an overreach if you were like, oh, you have to use you have to use materials to do it, and then there was no way to get planetary materials. So I'm glad you help people, but to assume you do more than others is probably not the best idea. That's not what I said. I said I probably helped people run raids more than you ran raids, because I'm in like 0.01% of the Destiny 1 community for raid completion. Do you have over a thousand King's Fall completions? Probably not. The likelihood of 
you being 0.01% of the raid completion community in Destiny 1 and being in my chat is like really, really low on the probability factor. So I think my presumption was totally fair. I didn't presume that I help people in general more than others. You're putting words in my mouth, which isn't surprising seeing that you're being a douchebag. Digiwobble, do you think the festival will bring back players since there will be exclusive items to be gained, new activities to be done? Um, do you think there will also be event-specific weapons? There's an event-specific weapon called an auto rifle. There's an auto rifle. Um, and then, you know, the new activity. Anytime there's a new activity or new loot pursuits, sure. Sure. Um... That, uh, that's normal. That's normal to bring people back. I don't know how many people have stopped playing, though. Are there, are there that many people that have stopped, uh, playing? Are there? I think the, I think the numbers are still pretty strong. I don't, I don't think you have a, I don't think you have a, a, an elaborate or lengthy player base drop right now, do we? I mean, I could check, I could check, um... We can check Destiny Tracker like right now. I, I, I'm gonna let me do the boss fight, and then we'll check Destiny Tracker. I don't think there's been a mass. Um, my uh, my argument had nothing to do with you not helping people. No, no, no. I was talking to that other guy. I was talking to that other guy. I wasn't talking to you, Enviro. I was talking to the guy in chat that got banned because he's just he's just being a douche. Oh, come on! Why would you throw the ball to me immediately when we get in the room? Clear ads, then do the ball. Clear ads, then do the ball. I come in the room, and you hit me with the ball right away. I can't clear ads. Clear ads, then do the ball. Clear ads, then do the ball. Clear ads, then do the ball. Let's sing a song about it, because this is the 20th time I've had to say it. Let's clear ads, and then do the ball. Clear ads, then do the ball. Clear ads, then go to the right. Okay, do we know what we're doing now? Stop doing the ball right away. Okay. Like, I don't know how many times I've had to say it. Like, I'm legitimately getting annoyed. You clear ads, then do the ball, then come to the right. And we've insistently done it the, the other way every single time. Like, why are we not doing the ball? Now, we've cleared ads and we're on the right. We're literally ready to come over and bake her. We throw that, and then we do this, and then she dies. Man, what a world when people do what I ask them to do. Gee, many freaking Christmas, guys. I get so tired of having to ask people to do basic stuff. Clear ads, do the ball, go to the right, killer. Stop changing the order. Golly frick. So tilting. Positron. Next week, there will be Iron Banner, Festival of Lost, Shattered Throne, in addition to the regular weekly challenge. What do you think you're going to grind out first? Um, uh, Charlemagne says 1.57 million yesterday. You have to clear ads. Clearing ads just makes it really, really easy. Earlier, when we clear ads, grabbed the ball, went to the right, and wiped her. We were doing the we were doing the fight in like five minutes. We keep going to the second phase because people literally aren't listening. They're not like I got to the room and they instantly threw the ball at me. Why are you doing that? We clear ads. 
It, it makes it go so much faster. Clear ads, do the ball, go to the right. Everybody's ready. Everybody's ready to baker. Nobody's in their super. Nobody's in the middle. Just do it the same way every time. I'm not asking for, I'm not asking you to pull teeth out of your own mouth. It's just, it's just basic instructions. It's frustrating to be ignored. I'm probably going to do Shattered Throne because I missed it because I was in the hospital with surgery. So, I was in the hospital surgery and so I missed the Shattered Throne. So, uh, I will probably set my sights on that. I'm not really concerned about milestones right now. All of my characters are in the 590s. 600 doesn't matter. Like, 600 truly and genuinely doesn't matter. All you've got to do to get to 600 is just kind of keep doing your milestones and over time it'll eventually just happen especially like most of my guys like I got a 97 and, and a 98 maybe um and so in this in this character my titan actually hit 600 so I uh I don't really have an interest in doing all the milestones to get to 600 so I'll probably set my sights on throne is there a unique drop from Throne, or you just get you just get like an achievement or a triumph for completing it? So, six hundred is just a triumph at that point, which I've gotten that triumph because my Titan hit six hundred. So, like, you get one to six hundred, and then as long as your characters are five ninety one or higher, like you're fine. You're at the Delta for the final rating counter. You're above the Delta for for the final rating counter. Literally. Oh, the Wish Ender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wish Ender. Uh, roll your d20. Where do you see the future Destiny going? Uh, try to keep their promise of a 10-year game. Uh, they never promise a 10-year game. That's not accurate. There is a contractual obligation of 10 years with Activision. Uh, there were streamers that said 10-year plan, and the community ran with it, and inaccurately has quoted Bungie for many years at this point. Uh, which is unfortunate uh, that that's just kind of continued to happen. So there's no promise of a 10-year game. Um, there was a, an early vid doc where they said, we envision this being a game that you would play uh, for 10 years. But there is no quote-unquote 10-year uh, promise. Now, I think we're probably going to get 10 years just again, oh, just again because of the contractual obligations I think it'll naturally happen on its own uh, the game launched in 14 so we're four years in so if you can get in my opinion what they're going to do is the annual pass is going to get us to September of next year uh, and that'll be uh, a Taken King style uh, piece of content I think it's going to be called the Taken Queen so I think that's going to be a thing that uh, comes next year in September, and then there'll be another annual pass, and then that annual pass. Oh, you got to be freaking kidding me! Balls in the middle destroyed it. That annual pass then will get us all the way to uh, 2020 or Destiny 3. At that point, I think Destiny 3 is going to be handed over to Vicarious Visions. Bungie will have honored the contract at that point. Um, because that's six years of content, but as they enter that sixth year, they'll have a plan in place with the live team 
and uh, High Moon Studios to continue to support the game for the you know for another three years beyond it, taking us to a grand total of nine years, um, and then I guess after that, I would think the contract would be fulfilled. I don't actually know if it like if, if it goes does it go beyond 2020 like not really sure where it goes. I'm not really sure. We're, we're, this is the first time we've really struggled with the room today. Uh, I don't know what happened. We're having a hard time um, doing the thing with the ball. There we go. So, I don't, I don't know. I just know that Bungie's moving on to another IP eventually, and I know that High Moon Studios' Vicarious Visions and the live team are all going to be kind of included in the shift of power. I think eventually Bungie's just going to shift away from uh, from Destiny. Once Destiny 3 is delivered, they've established a format where Vicarious Visions could be designing the big $40 DLCs, Forsaken-sized DLCs, and then High Moon Studios and the live team could be the... Again, shriekers are broken and stupid. Uh, the live team and High Moon Studios could be handling annual pass and live events like the Dawning, Festival of the Lost, etc. Faction Rally, Iron Banner, blah, 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 all the way down the line. So I think, I think that that'll be, that'll be how they do it going forward. And when they do that, like once Destiny 3 is delivered and then sort of the the carrying of the franchise is handed off to Vicarious Visions, High Moon Studios, and the live team. Bungie's still attached to the game for the du- the duration of the 10 years uh, that, you know, that they have this, you know, this contract. I'm going to try and get some power ammo. Um, that's so. And then I think they've kind of honored the contract. I don't know how far the contract goes, though, for uh, for their contract with Activision, and if what I'm even predicting is a possible honoring of that contract. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Mr. Crickroll or something? What's your opinion about the TWAB message that new players getting Forsaken will have the previous DLCs for free? Do you think it'll bring a lot of new players to Destiny? Um, I'm totally fine with it. I think that's just normal product devaluation. Uh, that happens with the iPhone. That happens with movies and seasons of TV shows. Uh, they launch high price, and then they go down in price over time. So the, the it's just a standard devaluation. Um, you know, it's seen as like it's at its height of value uh, in the beginning when the the demand is at its height. And then product devaluation just happens over time. Now, as far as like what they're giving to the people that have owned the content for a month, I think it's sufficient. Uh, we get an emblem, we get a shader that nobody else can get, and then we get two emotes, and then like a package of like some bundled like um yeah, I think it's a good move, Ed, and I think and I think that will it bring a lot of new players to the game? Perhaps perhaps, I mean if if the price of Destiny at that point base game is what? 20 bucks? And then 40 for literally everything. A, 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 like a brand new player is going to look at that and say $60 for an absolute just mountain of content. Uh, existing players who have Destiny 2 that are like, I've kind of sat on the fences all this time. And 
I think now is the time to buy Forsaken, and then I get literally all the DLC. Um, the only real reason you have to buy DLC, the only real reason you have to buy the DLC, need the DLC, right? Like Warmind and uh, Curse of Osiris, is because of the planets that they added. Like, that's it. And the strikes, right? And the loot pools, obviously. And Escalation Protocol. That's the only real reason that you need to own those pieces of content. It's not like they're trying to force feed you the content like, oh, you gotta go play this content now. That's not really a that's not really a thing. So we don't need to go to the right. Mm -mm. Okay. Here we go. I missed her? Are you freaking serious? Oh my gosh, I'm terrible. I don't know. It's, I thought it grabbed her. I thought it grabbed her. I didn't, I didn't hit her, dude. What are you doing? Okay. We only need two throws, so she should be done now. Rain is just feeling pain, dude. Uh, next question. <laughs> uh, Artom87. Great. Bungie was in, uh, was direct in how they thought leveling should work. You're under leveled, you get better drops, you're on par, you get evenly weighted drop. There are some complaints about how easy the raid goes after a while. I'm okay with it. More power, better understanding of mechanics, um, quicker completions. What do you think? Um, I don't understand why people are saying the raid's too easy. Okay, let's just do uh, like let's just do a history lesson. Let's just do a history lesson. Uh, Vog, right? 13 hours or something ridiculous 16 hours uh, for completion really really long right um, really really long and then once people knew how to run Vogue and were at level people were running it in 30 to 40 minutes okay Crota strike people soloed it <laughs> you know speed runs were down in like the what 50 minutes maybe for Crota I don't know what speedruns were uh, I don't know what speedruns were but I'm pretty sure Crota got pretty low uh, in in speedruns it was 19 hours for World's First okay oh yeah for Last Wish right King's Fall World's First 6 hours after that people generally would complete King's Fall in an hour which no not an hour yeah 45 minutes was like a standard run right in King's Fall not necessarily because of the difficulty either. Think about this. King's Fall completion runs were usually uh, usually in relation to um, just the length of the fight and the fact that, like, if you make a single mistake, uh, you wipe. Like, just wipe literally became an expression from, uh, from that fight. 
because you basically make like one mistake like somebody jumps off their plate at the wrong time and then um this game and then you're wiping right you're starting over and that was why king's fall runs took you know 45 minutes or so uh on average wrath of the machine right Rather, the machine got burned through because people were overleveled, and Bungie handled the soft cap, hard cap situation in probably the worst way in the history of endgame content uh, in Destiny. Okay. Now let's go to Last Wish. Last Wish is a 19 hour world's first, right? And then, you know, most teams are blazing through it now in probably 40 minutes. Is 40 minutes is probably a safe. Uh, 40 minutes is probably a safe number. <coughs> People aren't doing it in like 20 minutes. Now, the speedrunners are doing it in, you know, 20 to 24 minutes, but the teams are just kind of going in, a couple of wipes here and there, they're probably taking 40 minutes, maybe a, a long run's like an hour. I feel like that's right in line with virtually every raid in Destiny. I feel like people are misremembering, maybe? I don't know. Um... I have a 12-minute raid clear using the Wishing Well. 24 minutes by uh, for Last Wish by Redeem. Right, but I mean, Wob, using the Wishing Wall, I mean, that doesn't... That We're not counting that. That's number one, that's not normative. And number two, you're bypassing things, which is which is why uh, why it's going faster. Um, You're not doing the actual raid that fast. You're, you're, you're bypassing the raid. So... I think the contention that I've seen that the raid is too easy is one that is not in line with previous raids and their completion times. Like, completion times of Vog, Crota, Wrath, all of their completion times against the backdrop of the day one clear is, like, it's always really, really fast once people know what they're doing and once they're at level. The only reason King's Fall was so consistently at like a 45 minute to an hour long, like 45 minute to an hour long run was because you couldn't speed up the fights, right? You couldn't speed up uh, the Oryx fight. You couldn't speed up certain fights because they were just, they were, you had to satisfy the mechanics. And, and it was probably one of the easiest uh, raids to throw away time investment. Totems and the Oryx fight were so easy to throw away time investment. Why? Well, because you could basically get all the way to the final part and make one mistake and then wipe. You get all the way to the end of Totems or all the way to the end of Oryx and somebody does, uh, somebody makes a mistake and you, and, and that's it, you wipe, right? So that was the only reason, real reason that King's Fall took longer. King's Fall wasn't harder. King's Fall by design was a longer raid and it was extremely easy to throw away investment time in King's Fall. You didn't have clutchable like, oh frick, I fell, let's clutch this. No, you fell, we're done. White. Right? Rather, the machine was the most clutchable raid in the history of Destiny because of the way they designed it and because of the way the mechanics worked and because of what one single person could do with the right juggling of cannons and the right juggling of like responsibilities. So in my ma- in my mind, the the argument that last wish is too easy, then you basically have argued that every single uh, every single raid is too easy because last wish 
Last Wish hasn't broken the mold of of uh, raid design to this point. I don't think it's broken the mold at all. Long, long first completion, and then after that, the speedrunning guys and the and the general raiding community is getting really fast clears, um, and that's normal. That's normal. So. Last question when waits for none. 596 is the highest delta and where you can stop the level grind and move on to other things, right? Oh yeah, I guess I said 591, but it probably is 596. That's true. Uh, that's true. It's 596 is like the last delta where you're where you're 10 plus 1 higher than the 85 uh, level of the final rating counter. Um Again, not necessarily even really needed to run that content. Uh, you don't need you don't need to do that to run that content. You can run that content easily uh, at 71 or 81. So yeah, you hit 96. I just uh, there's no reason to go to 600 more than once. You go to 600 one time, get the triumph, and then you can move on. Which is why I just haven't felt the real draw to go for milestones. Gambit and Crucible are pretty tilting right now. I don't enjoy them. So I skip them. Uh, I enjoy the Dreaming City bounties and milestones and stuff, but they, I don't need to do them right now, so I'm chasing gear. You know, a, uh, a Warden's Law hand cannon was fun to chase, and now we're chasing the uh, the the Pulse Rifle in the Corrupted Strike um, that that is uh, shoots faster than the Chattering Bone and can roll with a really, really cool curated loadout. So I'm going to continue streaming. I'm not shutting down the stream. For those of you that are here right now, we can continue to have this discussion. You can continue to put comments and questions in the chat. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I appreciate you watching or listening to all of my content. You can always tune in twitch.tv slash say no to rage or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching or listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>